Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. All right. Hey, good morning. Uh, welcome. Glad uh, all of you are here. Uh, Lighthouse community and uh, especially welcome to all of our guests here in the house. My name's Fritz. I'm one of the pastors here and uh, just want to say good morning also to our Bluffton community location, Faustoria, our online campus. And, uh, you know, if you haven't made your way uh, to one of our locations yet, I would encourage you to check it out. There's, there's just something special that takes place uh, when we're meeting with other believers um, in the house, wherever that may be. So we invite you to come check us out someday soon. Um, So uh, it was about Thanksgiving. I think it was the day before Thanksgiving in 2001, and Christina and I had just driven out to the pier at Catawba Island. And so uh, the sun, it was like perfect setting, right? The sun's setting. Uh, there's this nice cool breeze blowing across the lake, just leaving some ripples that are out there. And as we're walking towards the water, I'm like trying to hide the fact that my, you know, heart is like trying to like blow out of my chest in this moment. And so Christina, uh, in her perceptiveness, says, what are, what are we doing out here? <laughs> like, what's going on? And so I pointed out, like out into the distance on the lake, and I said, I said, do you see that out there? I said, look, look way out there. And so she kind of begins to concentrate her focus, and she's looking out there. And so while she's doing that, I take a step backwards, and I get down on one knee, right? And I ask her to turn around, and I pushed her into Lake Erie, right? No, <laughs> no I did not. Uh, I asked her, that was the day I asked her to marry me. And so um, after three days of negotiations on why this was a good idea, um, she said yes, right? <laughs> Um, it was two, but um, so you know. Uh, but that I think about like that. Yes, on the pier of Catawba Island, set up this whole other series of yeses that would come behind that later. And uh, we we kind of knew, but we didn't really understand all that that would incorporate and include throughout our whole life of saying yes to one another. And when I think about this word yes, right, it's like a very interesting word, because when we say yes, we might be agreeing to a statement that somebody just made. Uh, We might be responding to someone else who has said our name, right? They're like, Fritz, and you go, yes. Um, You know, it could be um, a response of celebration, right? It's like, yes. And there's all kinds of ways to say yes, right? There's like, yes, um, there's yeah, there's I, there's okay, there's sure, there's yep. Uh, If you're from the Midwest, there's okie dokie, right? Um, Or if you're Matthew McConaughey, it's all right, all right, all right, right? Okay. So, right, so yes has like all of these purposes behind it, right? It's like, yes can make agreements. Uh, Yes can be this word of hope for the future. Um, Yes can be the beginning of a relationship. In fact, yes has the potential to change your entire eternity, right? Like that's how profound yes can be. And if you've spent much time at all around Lighthouse Community, you know that the word yes is pretty important to us around here. We have it on our t-shirts, we have it on our bracelets, you'll find it on our website and social media. 
And so we have that all over the place, but it's not yes to just anything, right? We're actually pretty picky about what, or maybe the better way to say that is who, we say yes to, right? Um, So at Lighthouse Community, our yes is a yes to Jesus, right? Our yes is a yes to Jesus' leadership over our lives. And so when, when you see that, you know, it's like on this bracelet that says, we say yes to Jesus, it's, it's more than a tagline for us, right? When, when we say that, it really, it's a way of living. It's a way of viewing every moment of every day. Um, saying yes to Jesus is actually how we navigate life. Um, it affects like just every moment that we encounter, right? How we start our day, what we do at school. It affects how we respond to job promotions or maybe even job losses. Um, It affects the way that we approach illness and disease or the ways that we navigate the joys of friendships. Um, It affects the way we face hardships and suffering, right? Uh, It affects the way we end our day. Actually, this whole idea of saying yes to Jesus carries the hope of eternity behind that, right? Like all of those things are wrapped up in this idea of saying yes to Jesus. And when you genuinely and you legitimately say yes to Jesus as your forgiver and leader, it will transform your life, right? It'll change who you are. I know it's changed mine, I know it's changed the lives of, of many people that are, that are here in this room this morning, those of you who are joining us online. like you, you know what I'm talking about when I talk about Jesus transforming our lives when we put our faith in him, right? We are not who we used to be. We are not who we would be without him right? There's all of this hope. There's all of this future. There's all of this blessing, even in the midst of heartache, even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of challenge, right? Like Christ brings hope and glory and goodness. And a lot, and that begins with yes. And so saying yes to Jesus, living under his leadership is literally one of the best decisions you can ever make in your life. And so what I want to invite you to do is what Josh had mentioned earlier is uh, turning your Bibles to Matthew 28, or you can click over there on your device. Um, Matthew is kind of like in the middle of the Bible, kind of a little bit past halfway. Um, So if you can get there, it's actually the first book in the New Testament. But we're in this series called All In, Saying Yes to Jesus. And what we've been doing and what we will be doing is we're diving into the mission, into the vision, and the values of Lighthouse Community, right? And why this idea idea of we say yes to Jesus is so central to who we are as a family. Now, before we read Matthew 28, we're actually going to read that passage together in just a moment. Let me set the scene for you just uh, very briefly of what has happened prior to this moment. And so uh, Jesus has come to earth. He lived a perfect life under the complete submission to God's leadership, the Father's leadership over his life. Um, He's teaching. He's exposing the kingdom of God uh, to people in very real and very tangible ways. Um, He has been arrested. 
He's been interrogated, he's been tortured, and then he was hung on a cross, and that's where he died, right? And everybody saw that he was dead clearly. So they took him down from the cross, and they buried him in a tomb, and that's when the miracle happened three days later, right? Three days later, confirmed by so many different people, Jesus Christ rose from the dead, right? Like the most amazing moment in history. And then what happens is over like the next month and a half or so, Jesus is meeting with some of his disciples, even meeting with large groups of people to talk to them and kind of share with them what is coming up next. And that's where we're picking up in uh, this passage. And so right before Jesus ascended to heaven, He's giving some final instructions to his disciples. And so let's do this. Let's actually read Matthew 18, uh, excuse me, Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20 together out loud, uh, starting with, and Jesus came. And are you ready? Go. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Right? This really powerful statement that Jesus makes before he ascends to heaven. And, and there's, this, there's a really central truth you've got to grasp from what Jesus is saying here. And here's the first one. It's that Jesus is in command, okay? You have to see that very clearly from this passage. Jesus is in command. Uh, So look at verse 18, right? How much authority does Jesus have? All. All of the authority. Not some of it, not even most of it. All of it, right? So if he has all the authority, who's in charge? Jesus is in charge, yeah, like he's the boss, he's the leader. What's really interesting is this is referring to the idea of sovereignty. Uh, Maybe this is a word you've heard before, but uh, the idea of sovereignty or the meaning of sovereignty is to have supreme power, right? To have supreme authority, that you are in charge and there's nobody on the same level as you. Actually, everybody else is underneath your leadership and your authority. That's the idea of sovereignty. And so that's who God is. When you read through the scriptures from the Old Testament all the way to the end of the New Testament, you see with great clarity that God is sovereign, right? He has all the authority. He's in charge, okay? Now, we just read in verse 18 that Jesus said, I have all the authority, So in that statement alone, what is Jesus saying about himself? Yeah, he's saying, I'm God, right? If you didn't catch it from the resurrection that just recently happened, right, which no one else has done before me, let me make it really clear. I'm God, and all authority belongs to me. I'm the sovereign God. And this is not something new, right? Jesus has always had all the authority, right? He's always been sovereign. You actually see it at his birth uh, when thousands of angels 
come and worship him at his birth, right? It's like the original Trans-Siberian Orchestra shows up and celebrates the birth of the king. Uh, Jesus had authority over nature, right? He's like subduing storms. Nobody could understand how he was pulling that off. He had authority over illness and disease by healing people and bringing them to wholeness. He had authority over the supernatural, right? He's like casting out demons uh, from people's lives. Uh, Even when he taught Right? There were people who, when they would hear his teaching, they're like, this guy teaches different than anyone else we've ever come across. This guy teaches with authority. Even the people who opposed him, right? the religious leaders who hated him and wanted him dead, recognized that he had authority. So you just couldn't miss it. And almost like in this, this grand reveal of Jesus' authority and power and sovereignty, Right? He shows it through his submission to death and through his victory in the resurrection, right? that he does have all authority. It's interesting that Jesus actually told his disciples beforehand that all of this was going to happen. So if that doesn't even more confirm the authority that he carries, it's this. right? John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, uh, Jesus said this, It's for this reason the Father loves me. Because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my Father. Right? So Jesus is revealing the authority that he has. And by the way, this last statement that Jesus makes is one of the reasons why Jesus gets all of the authority, and no one else does, right? Think about this. Everything that Jesus did, everything, was under the leadership of the Father. Everything he did was under the leadership of the Father, even when it cost him greatly, right? And so everything that Jesus did, he did because the Father asked him to do it. Everything that Jesus said, he only said because the Father asked him to say it. And so one of the reasons that Jesus gets all of the authority is because he's the one who can actually be trusted with it. To always put the will and the glory and the good of the Father above, of God above himself. Right? You you see what's going on here. And so he's in command. And the one who's in command gave a command, right? And his command was this. Jesus commanded his disciples to make disciples. And I want you to think about that for a second. Like, think about the fact that Jesus declared, I have all the authority, right? It's all mine. And then his very first command was to go into all the world and make disciples, Do you think that this is important to Jesus? (laughs) Like the very first thing after he says, all authority in heaven and earth belongs to me. Go and make disciples. Yes. Yes, this is drastically important to who Jesus is, right? And, and, And then if it's important to Jesus, then it must be important to his disciples as well. And it was, right? Think about this. So Jesus' disciples, he he commands them to go and make disciples. And what they didn't do, they didn't treat his command like a suggestion. 
right? They, they didn't respond with Jesus. That's cool. Listen, I'm really busy right now. I'm in a really busy season of life. But as soon as that is over, I am totally in on this whole like making disciples and traveling the world and all that kind of stuff. Just let me button up a few things first, and then I am where you want me to be, right? That's not what they did. In fact, there were times when people came to Jesus and said, I would love to follow you, but first... Do you know how he responded to them? He says this, if I am not the first and greatest priority in your life, you can't be one of my followers. That's in Luke 14, right? He's like really clear about that. And so King Jesus commanded his disciples to make new disciples, and they did. Actually, if you read through the book of Acts, you begin to see all of the ways that God used them, all of the ways they lived uh, out of obedience to the command of Jesus Christ. And they went to all of the nations, just like Jesus said that they would and that they should. And there was no ethnicity, there was no race, there was no past religion, there was no political affiliation that created a barrier to invite others to live in faith and under the leadership of Jesus Christ, right? And so think about this. Jesus' vision of this widely diverse group of people who would follow him by faith, right? Who, by his grace and by his mercy, would come under his leadership, started right here in this moment. And and we're living out of that today. And so Jesus commanded them to go. And what's really cool, too, is he reveals... Right? He reveals how new disciples would be made. And so Jesus said, look, you're going to go out and you're going to make, that's my command, you're going to make disciples, and you're actually going to help others know me and obey me. Right? That's what he says here. So he says, listen, you're going to teach, or you're going to baptize them, and you're going to teach them to obey. Because this new life in Christ, it's not some like superficial response where we just kind of change some outward behaviors and we just kind of change up where we go on Sunday morning and, and those types of things. Uh, but rather, this is a total supernatural transformation. This is an absolute reorientation of our entire lives. And so it's this idea where we reject a self-led life where I'm in charge, and instead, I'm leaning in to a total commitment to Jesus as my king. Jesus is my boss. Jesus is my manager. He's my friend. He's my leader, right? All of those things. And I'm not leading myself anymore, and I'm not following other people people anymore. Jesus is the only one who has authority over my life. That's the transformation that Jesus is talking about here. And that is a really different way of living, right? Like that is so totally different than anything else we would do on our own. And so because of that, new disciples need help, right? We need help to live this new life. It's one of the reasons why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit, right? So he puts his Holy Spirit within us to help us from the inside, 
right? The Holy Spirit's transforming our hearts. He's transforming our minds. He's changing our desires. He's doing all of those things from the inside. But also then Jesus gives us this wonderful gift of the church family, right? Other disciples who walk with us and help us and coach us and point us to truth and hope and and even speak correction and counsel into our lives sometimes. So you've got the Holy Spirit who's helping and working from the inside. And then you've got this church family who's working and helping from the outside, right? Do you see how this is like this total reorientation of living? And so what Jesus says is after a person comes to genuine faith in him, right, they say yes to him by faith, baptism is the first step of obedience in a new life that's actually all about obedience to Jesus. Do you know that? That's why baptism is the first step, right? And so disciples actually help each other in baptism. And and so we do things like we talk about baptism. We teach about what baptism is. We invite new believers to get baptized and to take that next step in their lives. Uh, We do things like we get water and we gather people together and we go find extra cowbells and we like throw a party on Sunday morning to celebrate the life change that God has accomplished and rendered in the lives of people who said yes to him. By the way, our next baptism is Sunday, November 14th, just a couple weeks away. And so if that's the next step uh, you recognize that the Holy Spirit's inviting you into, uh, you can take that on the back of your connection card and we'll help you get all the information to take that step. But baptism is really critical and central to that. But then also, disciples will help each other grow by teaching one another how to obey Jesus' commands. Now, I want to make that really, really clear here. Because many times we'll omit one of the most important words out of that verse. It's not just teaching Jesus' commands. If that's it, that falls short of what Jesus asked us to do. Sharing information is not enough. That's not what Jesus commanded us to do. Jesus said, teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. Right? And so knowing is not enough. It's a start, but it's not enough. Teaching, it's a start, but it's not enough. Jesus always intended that we would know and learn his teachings, and those would begin to transform the way we live from the inside out through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. It is not enough to simply know what God has to say. We actually let it permeate our lives and change who we are. Right? Uh, James. Chapter 1, verse 22 says this with great clarity. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So if you're only a hearer, if you're only a knower, if you're only an understander of what Jesus has said and it has not crossed over into transforming who you are, James says you're actually deceiving yourself. That's not the authentic thing that Jesus called out, called us into. So Jesus commanded his disciples to help each other know who he is and to actually obey what he said. Now, uh, it may be coming to place where you're going, okay, all this is good. I thought this was a series about uh, how all this played out uh, with Lighthouse Community and your vision and mission and values. So what does all this have to do with Lighthouse Community and our vision? And I would say this. This whole idea and everything we've talked about is what's behind the tagline, we say yes to Jesus, right? Like that's that's the starting point for all of this. When, When we say yes to Jesus, what we're doing 
is we are agreeing that Jesus is king over everything. That all authority really does practically, right, in a truth sense, belong to him, and that shapes everything else. And what we end up doing is we're putting our faith in Jesus instead of anything else, right? Instead of money, instead of our own capabilities, instead of, you know, any, it's just Jesus alone. It's realizing this, that Jesus could have said no to me in my sin, but he didn't. Jesus said yes to the cross. Jesus said yes to death. Jesus said yes to separation from the Father so that I would have the opportunity to say yes to him by grace through faith, right? That's, that's saying yes to Jesus. That's what's wrapped up in there. And so saying yes to his leadership, it's, it's the starting place, but it's also the landing place. It starts there, but it continues there. And in the process of kind of, you know, navigating through scripture and learning and hearing from, from God throughout all of that, we've kind of identified what we call six outcomes here at Lighthouse Community that really seem to flow out of people who say yes to Jesus Christ. And here's the six outcomes. I'll share them with you. It's faith, here, grace, growth, gifts, and rescue. Got it? Okay. All right. So next week we'll come back. No. All right. Okay. So here they are. So here's the six. It's faith. Here, grace, growth, gifts, and rescue. We're going to walk through these uh, just very briefly together. So do me a favor. Everyone say faith. Great. You can type it in on the chat if you're online. But here's what faith is. Faith is trusting in Jesus to bring you into real life. Real life. Trusting him to forgive you of all your sin. All the hurtful things you've done. All the hurtful things you've said. Right, living life for yourself and under selfish desires, actually also forgiving you for every thought and intention that's come into your heart and into your head that maybe never made it out to your hands and, and out of your mouth, but they resided there. You know, Jesus actually forgives you for that too, all of it. That's like, that's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about faith. Like, and it's normal, by the way, for people to put their faith in Jesus that's a normal response. It's actually how we're designed to live. We were made to trust and rely on God. And so faith is this outflow. You know, it's really, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Lighthouse is going to celebrate five years in February um, since uh, this location began. And it is actually a very normal occurrence for people to let us know that they have put their faith in Jesus Christ and they're ready to take next steps uh, in growing to trust him, right? And the Holy Spirit is drawing them uh, to want to do that more and more. It's like this regular occurrence. And we never take it for granted because it's this amazing gift that God is allowing us to see and to witness right in front of us. And so that's, right, all of that's wrapped up in faith, okay? That's the first outcome. Here's the second one. People who say yes to Jesus actually begin to hear God speak to them. They begin to hear God speak to him. They'll hear him through the scriptures. They'll hear him through the Holy Spirit. They'll hear him through other growing disciples who are speaking truth uh, or counsel into their lives. Um, I was talking with someone recently who shared that while they were reading the Bible, 
it seemed while they were reading that the verses that, that they were reading were almost like being spoken to, like it was so personal, it was so real, it was so, you know, speaking of what they were in that they felt like God was speaking to them as they were reading the Bible. And they're like, isn't that cool? And I was like, yes, that is cool. Like that's God speaking to you. You're hearing God speak to you through the scriptures with great clarity. You know, sometimes the Spirit will speak to us in prayer. And it's not, it's not always this, it, actually, commonly, it's not uh, like this audible voice of, you know, God's like, Fritz. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not like that, right? It's, it's more like there is this, this new desire that God puts into me, and I almost have like this compulsion, uh, not out of fear or guilt, but I like want to do that thing. I want to help. I want to pray. I want to, you know, um, and so that's, that's hearing from God. Okay, um, everybody, so that's hearing. Uh, okay, do me a favor. Um, if you're online, type grace in the comment. If you're here in the house, everybody say grace. Okay, so this is a word that gets thrown around so often, but let me say this. This is probably one of the most central stumbling blocks for the average person who wants to put their faith in Jesus Christ because grace doesn't sound real. It sounds like, there's something else behind it, and we're always waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? And so here, when we're talking about grace, here's what we mean. Someone who genuinely says yes by faith begins to realize that their salvation came at a cost, but it wasn't their own cost, right? The cost was paid by Jesus, and I can never do anything to pay him back. All right? Yeah, you have to grasp that. My, my forgiveness can't be earned because it's a gift of grace, right? Grace literally means receiving that which you did not earn and you can't earn. And so disciples who actually experience biblical grace through Jesus Christ begin throwing down all of their attempts to pay Jesus back. They realize that their attempts at religion, right? And however that plays out, maybe it's like perfect church attendance or, or I'm going to give lots of money to the church or you know, I'm going I'm to serve uh, in different capacities and that will like help Jesus see I'm earning the gift he gave me, right? They throw down attempts at like, I'm going to try really, really hard to be a good person to prove to Jesus that I'm worth it. Um, I'm going to uh, have high levels of self-discipline and pay back Jesus. Listen, you got you to gotta hear me on this, okay? Wherever you're at, if you're joining us online, just check in, back in on this moment. You got to hear this. You cannot pay back Jesus, ever. If you could, it's not grace anymore. And that's what Jesus has provided. Okay? That's grace. You know what you do when you realize you can't pay Jesus back for what he's done? You simply learn to say thank you with the entire rest of your life. That's what that looks like. But it's grace right? It's grace. 
So it's normal for disciples who say yes to Jesus to experience uh, the Holy Spirit transforming their lives and leading them in real spiritual growth, right? Growth is like a central piece of what God does in our life. And so what happens, we talked a little bit about this, right? Your desires change. You grow in trusting God more and more. Uh, by the way, there's, let me tell you, there's a little disclaimer that when you say yes to Jesus Christ, uh, you will not be the same person you were before you said yes to Jesus, all right? There is no scenario where you can put your faith in Jesus and stay the same. It just, it doesn't even work that way. The Holy Spirit will change your life. He will grow you. It's part of what he does. So growth. Uh, Here's another one is gifts. Uh, The Holy Spirit also empowers disciples with spiritual gifts when they say yes to Jesus. And so these are gifts for helping others know and obey Jesus as king. Uh, Recently, I was talking with a friend and she shared with me, she goes, you know, I love so much on Sunday mornings handing out bulletins to people as they're walking in. It brings me so much joy to be able to see smiles on people's faces and to know that I'm a part of the team in helping the mission go forward of people discovering who Jesus is and say yes to him, right? Like she's sharing that with me. It's like, that brings me so much joy. I feel like I am so much a part of this family when I'm doing that. Do you know what she's talking about? I'm discovering gifts that the Holy Spirit is giving me and I'm using them to serve other people and to help them. And so there's all kinds of gifts that the Spirit may give you and empower you with in your life. And so it's discovering them and then using them to serve other people. All right, here's the last one is rescue. And so God is on a mission. You have to catch this. God is on a mission to rescue people from sin and death. And it's normal to tell others about what God has done in you through Christ and then offer that to other people as well. And so maybe you're here this morning and you received an invitation for, to be with us today. And so I want you to know that the driving force behind that is not some kind of bait and switch and we're trying to get you to whatever. We are simply trying to put you in front of the God of creation and let him speak to you. And, and when, you, when you experience who he is and you realize how good he is, it's like he begins to transform our very lives. It's amazing. It's remarkable. I'm really glad that you're here today and that you joined us. And so knowing Jesus as your forgiver and leader begins to transform all kinds of things. And so faith, hear, grace, gifts, growth, and rescue, those are all normal things that come when people say yes to Jesus Christ. Actually, these are the outcomes we pray for as a church family. We, we expect that that's what God's going to do. Uh, these are the outcomes we celebrate, right? There's things we celebrate and there's things we don't celebrate. These six, those, these are the things we celebrate. You know, when we hear stories of people coming to faith, when we hear stories of people uh, taking the step of baptism, when they're learning their gifts and, and engaging in them, when they're sharing the gospel with other people uh, who they love and, and who they know, like those are the things we celebrate, right? That's what we're central. I mean, we are just unapologetically focused on helping people say yes to Jesus. That's who we are. That's our driving force. And so you've got to see that Jesus is in command, right? And Jesus commanded his disciples to make new disciples. And that's what we do here. But here's what I want to do. I want to bring this home for a second into our personal lives. Because we've kind of been living up here at a, at a higher, you know, kind of 50,000 foot organizational level. But I want to cross down into our own lives. Because I think what Jesus says in Matthew 28 uh, has implications for us as individuals in real ways. And here's, here's the question that I would ask you. And I ask it of myself pretty consistently. And it's this. Who is in command of your life? 
Who is in command of your life? Is it you? Is it, is it me, right? Am I in command of my own life? Or is it Jesus? Because he has all authority, right? Now, there's two passages that may help you answer this question and discern uh, how to answer this in your own life. The first one is 1 John chapter 2, verse 5. It says this, But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we're living in him. Right? Our love for God actually gets expressed by placing ourselves under his leadership. That's what John is saying here. He says that's actually how we know we're living in him. That's an outflow of faith. That's an outflow of saying yes to him. Okay? So that's, like, that's a positive side of that. Then there's the other side to kind of discern the, uh, the, other, the negative side of that, right? It's 2 Peter chapter 2. So what Peter says, he says, Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. Right? So you see, this passage is really exposing the core of who we are. And the question is, do, do I love God? Do I really love God? And if I do, then I'll invite him to lead my life. But the other side of that is this. Do I despise forms of authority? Do I chafe under the idea of God's leadership over my life? That's a very discerning question as well, right? To, to work through and to answer in our own lives. And if that's you, right, that's a sign that you're still, under, you're still in control of your own life, right? And so here's the next step you might consider taking, all right? It's actually on the back of your connection card, and it's this. That we would make the decision to reflect on our own lives this week and ask two questions. And one question is this. Where in my life am I refusing to obey Jesus, right? Where in my life am I refusing to obey, obey Jesus. And here's what I would do. I would ask the Holy Spirit to reveal areas of stubbornness, of areas of fear, maybe even areas of ignorance. I just have not, I haven't learned those teachings of Jesus yet. I haven't been exposed to them, right? Holy Spirit, will you reveal these areas to me and then ask him, right? One, I would, I would repent. I think that's, you got to do that, right? You got to repent. But then you ask him to transform your mind change your mind about those things, and then transform and give you the faith to say yes in those areas, right? So that's one question. Where am I refusing to obey Jesus? But I would ask this question too. How have I been saying yes to Jesus recently? What are ways I've been saying yes? What are ways I've been, you know, celebrating? What are ways I've been leaning into him and trusting him? And so I would identify recent yeses, and I would thank Jesus uh, that he's empowered you with the faith to do that. And so, you know, like tell other people about how God is growing in you and how he's transforming you, right? Ask the Holy Spirit to keep granting you the faith, to keep saying yes and growing and uh, how wide your yes is in your own life, right? But those are two things you might, two questions you might consider asking yourself this week and, and just consistently uh, work through those in your own life. But I want you to imagine just for a second, like what would your life look like if you really, if you and I really began saying yes to Jesus in our lives, like what breakthroughs would you experience? Like what freedom, like what free, like real freedom from sin would feel like? Like freedom from holding grudges, 
against other people. Freedom from anger. Freedom from greed. Freedom from trying to manipulate other people to do what I want them to do. Right? Um, like, how good would it be to be set free from all the weight of those things? What if you started hearing God speak to you regularly in your life? How cool would that be? Like, to sense God using you in very real ways in his world and in his kingdom. Uh, recently, we had a member of Lighthouse Community who was in Blanchard Valley Hospital who was battling COVID, and uh, no one could go visit him. Uh, we tried. Um, we made phone calls. We did what we could. Uh, we tried to break in at one point. They caught us. Uh, you know, I, no, <laughs> we didn't do that. Um, <laughs> but So we, we tried to do things, and, and it just wasn't playing out. But check this out. So a few years ago, a young woman who said yes to Jesus Christ and also attends Lighthouse Community, she said yes to becoming a nurse. And so years ago, she began studying. She graduated as a nurse. And then she got hired on at a hospital. Guess which hospital? Blanchard Valley Hospital. And she was assigned to a certain floor. Guess what floor she was assigned to? Same floor he was on. Guess what area she was given explicit responsibility for on that floor, the area of the room that he was in. She was the only person from Lighthouse Community who could go in and minister to him and talk with him and pray with him in person, right? Do you see like what our God can do when we start saying yes to him and we just lay our lives before him to use us however he would like to? It's like these cool things that literally only God can do, setting them up years in advance to reveal his glory in real time, right? Listen, you are your most authentic self when you say yes to Jesus' leadership over your lives. You're not less you. You're more you than you've ever been. And that's what we do here at Lighthouse Community. We help people say yes to Jesus as the leader of their lives. And so I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes and ask this question, which is simply, Jesus, what are you saying to me through this message? And I want to give you an opportunity to listen. Maybe for some of you this morning, you are beginning to realize that Jesus is inviting you personally to say yes to him. And that isn't a response you've given him yet. And so maybe, maybe today is the day, right? Maybe today is the day you're going to say yes. And that's not by something we're doing here as a church. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. We're just creating the meeting between you and him, giving you space to hear him. And so if, if you're here this morning, you're just like, man, I, I am ready. I'm ready to say yes. I would encourage you to do that. And there's nothing like, you don't have to come to the front. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to have anything along those lines, right? 
But I just want to invite you, like, say yes by faith. Say yes to him. It's amazing. It's so good to put your trust in Jesus as forgiver and leader. There's nothing like it. It's what you were created to do. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to lead in a time, just a short moment of prayer, if that's you, to say yes to Jesus. Um, maybe, maybe this would express your heart's desire too. Jesus, I'm, I'm learning who you are today and realizing that you have all the authority and that you're good and that you're trustworthy and that you change lives. So this morning I'm saying yes to you. And I don't know all that that entails. It's a first yes that seems like comes all kinds of yeses on the tail end of that. And some days I'm going to get it right and some days I'm going to get it wrong. But I'm thankful for your grace which covers over all of that. And I pray that you would grant me the faith to say yes in the good times and I pray that you would grant me the faith to say yes in the challenging times. And I thank you that you've even given me the opportunity to say yes to you. And so help me to lean into that today and for the rest of my days. If that's a prayer that expresses your heart and your faith, here's what I would ask you to do. I'm going to make it super easy. If you grabbed a blue connection card, just write your name and email on the front if you haven't already. And then on the back, check where it says, I'm saying yes to Jesus for the first time today. Um, and, and here's, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to send you an email celebrating, welcoming with you, and we're going to put some resources in your hand to help you take your first steps. Um, we might even invite you to take the step of baptism as well. Jesus says something about that. Um, but we just want to celebrate with you. Um, it's normal. That happens here actually quite often. But we also want to pray for everybody who wants to be prayed with. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing another song, and uh, we're going to have prayer leaders in the four corners of our rooms, of our room here uh, in the house. And so if you'd like to receive prayer about any area of your life, uh, you can go to any one of those corners, and we've got people who are ready to pray with you. Those leaders are actually making their way uh, to those corners now. And uh, it could be about something going on in your life. You could pray for someone else you know that's going through something. You might want to just come up and, and share a celebration. You can do that too. Um, all of those things are A-OK. -okay. But these leaders are ready to pray with you about any area of your life. And so I want to pray for you and then invite you to do the same. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every single person who needs prayer right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.